Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast with your hosts Jason, Jacob, and Jeff. This week's episode is basically a BS session with Jacob, Jeff, and I. We uh, Jeff tells the story of his second turkey of the season, kind of his, his ninth, ninth inning turkey. So we get to hear that story and then it just from there kind of turns into a BS session. We, we talk about things like um, hunting non-natives, eating groundhogs, eating raccoons, um, if you're allowed to kill a Canadian goose with your bare hands. So it was an interesting, fun conversation. Hopefully you guys enjoy this one. Before we get into the episode, I want to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So they are an Ohio-based deer feed company that supports the Ohio Huntsman podcast. So if you're looking for a way to support Ohio Huntsman, one way you can do that is by supporting Monster Whitetail Grub. You support them, they support us, and everybody wins. So they have high-protein feed, they have a flavored corn, and they also have straight mineral that you can get. All great options. Right now is a good time of year to have mineral out. It's a good way to get pictures of your antler growth. And it's also good for lactating does with the fawns. So if you're interested in any of that, you want to try any of that product, there'll be a link to their Facebook page in our show notes. And that's the best way to get a hold of them and try some of their stuff. So with that, I think we're going to get into the episode. All right. So we are all here live, local, and in person. So the last couple episodes we've been doing, they've been uh, remote. You know, we got other things going on, haven't had the time to get together. But uh, Jacob and Jeff are here with me in our recording studio, a.k.a. my barn. (laughs) And... uh, Neighbors mowing his grass, so hopefully that's not coming through on the mics, but this is going to kind of just be a BS session. Jeff has got, if you were following on Facebook, Jeff got a, uh, what I guess I'll call a ninth inning turkey, and so we're going to hear that story. He says he's got another turkey-related, was it a turkey-related story? Yeah, it's or, a turkey-related story. Another turkey-related story that we're going to hear, and just kind of see where this one goes, so... Like I said, if you've been following on social, Jeff got himself another bird because, as you've heard before, Jeff's the huntingest mofo of the three of us. And so this is his second turkey, if you've been keeping track. And uh, Jacob and I are on the board for a big uh, zero, big goose egg. So unless Jeff brings over some turkey nuggets for us, we are going turkeyless this year because this is... Today's the last day of season, isn't it? This is Sunday. For the southern zone, yeah. Yeah, so we are, today is the last day of turkey season for most of the state. If you're in the northeast zone, you still got some time, but we are recording this on the Sunday, the last day of season. So, instead of turkey hunting, we're talking to y'all, and we're going to hear Jeff's story and see where the conversation goes. So, enough rambling. Jeff, let's hear the story of this uh, this bird you got. Yeah, so uh, I've been hunting evenings uh, recently after work, during the work week, uh, going out, putting in a few hours in the evenings. I didn't know that. How much? Like, how frequently? How consistently you've been doing that? Oh, just here and there. Uh, you know, maybe one, two days a week. You know, just for the past two weeks. So you know, three times total. I've been out probably. What time you get out of work? Uh, typically around four thirty-five. Okay. Sometimes I I work later, um, but you going in? You going in cold, or you got cameras? What do you? Why the evenings? That's just when you have time, or? But that's mostly when I have time. Um, I do have cameras up, and there there's been some evening activity, um, not a ton, but I found a a good spot, so I thought. Um, there was a patch of woods. Um, at some point there was timbering going on. This is in your backyard, I'm assuming, or you, Uh, yeah, yeah. You're in your backyard. Yeah. So, uh, at some point there was timbering. So there's basically two, two large trees that are not of good timber value. Um, the one had a stand that grew into it. So I think they left that one because of that. You know, it was, it was a chain around the stand, and that grew into the tree. That uh, was before you owned the property? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. 
I'm fairly new to the property. This was long before me. Okay. You know, um, but there's kind of like a little clearing, if you will, in the woods. You know, these two large trees kind of shade out the the ground, if you will, from other saplings growing up. Sure. But, you know, in the spring, before the leaves get on the trees, grass grows in there. It makes a little field. So I was hunting the edge of it, you know, thinking that turkey would come out into that little field, if you will. It's probably like 20 by 30. Okay, I was just going to ask, yeah. how how big of an area are you looking at here? Yeah, it's it's not very big. Um, And that's feet, 20 by 30 feet, right, right. not yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a little area, but I figured it would be a good place for turkey. And sure. then there's a four-wheeler path that <clears throat> cuts the back corner of my property. I don't have any clue who's really riding the four-wheeler, whose path it is. But it cuts the back corner of my property, and I know wildlife like to follow this four-wheeler path. Sure. So I'd been setting up on it for, you know, those couple of days, not having a ton of luck. Um, Trail camera would catch a turkey, not consistently, but every now and again, you know, on that four-wheeler path. Um, One night I went out, one evening I went out, uh, I heard a gobble, which is rare for this area. The turkey just don't really gobble much. Um, I don't really know why. Um, I know it causes the dogs in the area to start barking when a turkey gobbles. Oh, really? So I don't know if they cue into that and think basically that they're, you know, it lets them know like, hey, that's a predator and I shouldn't do that. Sorry to interrupt, but I this is totally off the wall, and I have absolutely zero biological evidence to support this. But I had this thought. I heard someone else. I don't have any idea where I heard it. I forget, but it made sense. Um, a lot of guys are talking about the turkey aren't gobbling like they used to, or this year that you know the turkey don't gobble. And what are your thoughts? Again, sorry to interrupt your turkey story, but on. The natural selection process, selecting for turkeys that don't gobble because they're less prone to get picked off by predators. It's to where turkey are going to gobble less going forward. It seems to only make sense. Like that, that seems like a logical thought. But also, on the other hand, it's an evolutionary flaw that they've kept for this long right so why change it now so it it, i'm thinking that the flaw has to be pretty important to them because it's it's a huge biological setback for them to to have this trait if you will the especially shock gobbling regular gobbling is you know communication but shock gobbling is kind of like a biological flaw it gives them no advantage no. And it kind of gives the predators a big advantage. Right. So you would think if if they were going to evolve to not have it, they would have done it by now. And Jake, you weren't on the episode with um Mark Wiley from the Division of Wildlife, but we talked about so that'll that'll release before this episode does, so you guys will have heard this that episode by now, but he talked about why they, you know, we asked him why season dates are set when they are and you know he he gave a much better explanation than this so listen to his description but but it was interesting in that you know they're trying to time the season with gobbling but also not um interrupt nesting too bad and it he said it sort of makes sense, you know, because we said it, it, you know, we hear from a lot of people that season is too late. You know, if you're not getting after them that those first couple days or, or maybe that first weekend, the gobbling dies off. And he, in a roundabout way, said, yeah, I would kind of expect that based on what we know about nesting and things is that around that time is 
kind of when the breeding's happening and the turkeys, the toms have hens with them, so they don't really need to gobble. Then those hens are going to go lay on nests and the gobbling should pick back up. And so next year, I'm kind of wondering if maybe that first, because we always typically try to hunt that first weekend. If you're not hunting the first couple days, maybe we wait another week or two. Because, I don't know, Jeff, did you pick up on that when he was talking about that? that yeah, like, yeah. He basically said, like, yeah, I would kind of expect gobbling to slow down that first, after that first week or something. Because the other thing he mentioned is, you know, opening day is your biggest harvest day. You've just shot all the dominant birds, basically. And you kind of need a little bit of time to reestablish... Like the sub, the sub, right. The subdominant birds need to realize like, oh, hey, big, big Big boss Tom is not, I haven't seen him around, you know, like Mm. uh, maybe I should uh, give out the old, you know, and see how things go. And so, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to maybe try a different weekend than what we've typically been doing because it, and everybody, you know, you always hear the, uh, oh, you should have heard him gobbling last week, you know, but maybe it really is like, yeah, last week was better because of all these sort of factors. And yeah, I mean the last three years down at our hunting property, I've hunted two of them and we're one for three for good activity. And it's the one I wasn't there. Well, and he said 18 was a good year because of the, what was it? The 2016 cicada cicada hatch. He said, you can, Every, what is it, 13 year cicada hatch or whatever it is? I think, yeah. Something like that he mentioned. You can watch that like two years after a a cicada hatch, you have a good turkey year because there's all these, right, there's all these little high protein food bombs around. All the poults survive, or not all, you know, obviously not all of them, but they've got all this great nutrition in the cicadas and then you get, you know, two years out and you have a good turkey season. So in 2018, when I've shot my first and, and only turkey so far, I was probably capitalizing on that cicada hatch in 2016. So so that makes you less of a turkey hunter than you thought you yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was big stuff. Now I'm like, ah, without the cicadas, I'm nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but something kind of going on that same thing, the interesting I found is, Basically, after the first week, everybody was complaining about not hearing gobbles, not hearing gobbles. Um, This week, like towards the end of this week and this weekend, on social media, like everybody's saying like they're gobbling. A lot of that, yeah. You know, I'm, we're having luck, which I've, you know, kind of shocked me like. Yeah. That. Well, and I. All of a sudden they turned back on. It was. I'm trying to remember if it was the weekend after we got back or maybe two weekends after we got back, but I was back here in the backyard and my, I got two and a half acres and it butts up to big, huge farm fields behind me. And there's a, there's a tree row that runs from like my back property line all the way to the far end of the, of the field. And I was back there, I think I was planting trees, but I was, anywho, doesn't matter what I was doing. I was back there farting around and sure enough, I hear, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Couldn't hear a stinking, you know, turkey at all. And then I got a hen back here yelping. I was half, it, I was half tempted to like, man, if I could, uh, maybe I should go get my camera Set something on. up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it is season. So, but I didn't had chores. So anywho. I guess uh yeah, back to Jeff's story. Back to Jeff's story after that that sort of roundabout detour. Yeah, so one of those evenings I did hear one solitary gobble. Um fairly close, but there was an owl that was just going crazy. I've never heard an owl hoot so much and it got one to shock up. Fired up, yeah. So that kind of got me thinking, okay, well, you know, there's at least one around mm-hmm. so we'll jump to the well actually we'll jump to uh 
the night before the time I went out hunting in the evening before the time that I actually shot the the bird. Uh, you did a turkey rain dance and it worked. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but I was hunting and you know not hearing anything, and all of a sudden a hen pops out in front of me. You know, real close. There's a hen. And, you know, I'm kind of not paying much attention to her. I'm, you know, trying to see if there's a tom coming behind her. Um, but then I realized that this hen is bearded. It's a legal bird. Oh. So then I'm... There must be something in the water at your house because you killed your first I, turkey, which was a bearded hen at your house. Yeah, I think it's a gen- genetic There's something thing, genetics. Like, you got bearded yeah. hens running rampant out there. So... It's a bearded hen. It's a legal bird. So I'm debating on whether to shoot it or not. It's in range at this point? or Yeah, yeah. It's in, it's in range. Um, and I'm debating, you know, like, uh, you know, do I, do I want to shoot it? It's right. a legal bird. Season's almost over. And, you know, kind of as I'm making up my mind, uh, I notice like that the it was standing next to I, I don't know if you guys know what Mayflower is. Describe it. Mayflower, it's a plant. It grows it typically has like a little stem. It grows kinda like a uh like a palm tree, but they're they're small. They're about a foot. Oh, and it gets like that big canopy leaf yes, on it. Yes. Like it's exactly um it. Uh, about the size of a dinner plate or something, right? Like yeah, a yeah. eight inch kind of yes. canopy, one leaf on top with a single stem coming up. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I, if you've probably never noticed, but they they get a, a white flower. That white flower uh, then turns into makes a little fruit. Actually. Okay. Um, they're also called May apples. Is it edible? Is it a wild edible? Do people eat these? I don't know. I know animals eat them. I don't, I would assume, I don't think they're poisonous. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Um, but you can find them everywhere. You know, they're pretty common. Uh, but it, I'm basically hunting and there's a lot of that around. Well, I start to notice that like where this hen is, like it looks like the wind's blowing the, uh, the Mayflower behind it. And it's like, but the wind isn't blowing. Like, what is that? So then I'm thinking, bobcat. Oh. I'm thinking, there's a bobcat sneaking through there or, you know, something. It's about to smoke this hen. You know, kind of looks like, you know, a snake in the grass, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, something's coming up on this thing. You know, so I'm, now I'm more interested in, like, what is this going to be? Right, how's this going to play out? So... You know, it's getting closer and it's like identical to that scene in one of the Jurassic Parks with the little dinosaurs, identical, you know, it's, it's getting closer, you know, I'm hearing the, the shark attack noises, you know, (laughs) dun on, dun on, dun on. And then it pops out what's doing that and it's five or six poles. Oh, so that clearly changes my mind that yeah. I'm not shooting this thing. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they were teeny tiny. Yeah. You know, just getting off the nest. Right. Um, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't, like, their first venture away from the nest. Um, but, and basically, as soon as they kind of popped out, then she kind of realized like oh now my poults are in the wide open yeah and kind of moved on to get them to follow her out but it was like wow that could have been an interesting yeah you know i i never thought that that could be a possibility like that you could shoot a bearded hen with poults with her right yeah you know like i I Sounds to me like if you'd have shot that bird, you'd have had a science project of raising some poults. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> I, I would I would have never thought that that 
could happen that you know yeah so you may have already said this but what like what week of season was this this was the second to last week okay of season okay so side note jake again when we talked to mark we were talking about hens and and things like that and protecting hens during nesting season and things like that and we asked him about that hen that you guys jumped and basically stepped on you know and it it flushed and he said there's a very good chance that uh that bird had a nest was either laying on a nest or had a nest very nearby which is why it held so tight which i thought was interesting that is that would make sense i wish now that i would have thought that and looked looked around looked around for it because i guarantee it that's what it after we after the fact and we kind of talked amongst us about it i'm like i bet that's what that yeah, I I wouldn't have thought to either. Now I will if I right. you know if that happens in the future, I'd be like, hmm, I'm gonna poke around a little bit, you know. But just because it would be cool to see a turkey nest, you yeah. know. Yeah. But anywho. Yeah. So now jumping into the bird I shot, uh, the Wednesday before so the, the end hang of on season. those that hen and those poults just they kind of worked off and yeah yeah as soon as she got as soon as the poults popped out. She basically took off, like, okay, and they followed her. Like she made a beeline out of there. They never knew you were there, or do you not I, think? Hard to tell. Hard to tell. I mean, I kind of, you know, I she came in. I think. I mean, I'm not sure. She kind of just popped out in front of me, but uh, and then she hung out for a while and then left. And she left pretty quickly, you know. So she maybe she knew something was up. But I've also, you know, turkeys, hens don't like when they, when you're calling and they kind of come to the noise and don't find anything. A lot of times they get upset and kind of run out of the area. All right. So she, she took off pretty quickly. You know, she was not waste, you know, she wasn't picking her way out of there. She was moving. So the Wednesday before the end of season... I go out uh, probably around 6 o'clock is, you know, when I get out there. And I sit down, you know, I get all set up, um, sit down. uh, I do a couple of clucks followed by just a few yelps. Then I side, you know. All right, I'm going to take a picture. What kind of call are you tooting on at this point? I'm using a box call and then the uh, flex flex tone tone blow through thing. Yeah. Okay. So I do that call and I say, I'm going to take a picture for Instagram and, you know, kind of get settled in. So I, you know, take the picture for Instagram. And uh, basically, you know, put my phone away, kind of look up, and there's, I'm, so I should go back. Where I'm hunting is kind of like a lower creek bottom area. Um, so it's, there's a pretty large flat about the size of like, two football fields down close to the creek. And then there's about a 15-foot bowl that comes around hillside. Is that like the backside of your pond there or? No, no. no. I've never walked your property, so I'm like a listener here and trying to understand the layout of this. So Yeah, so there's a creek that comes through and makes like a horseshoe. Your property is generally rectangular in shape? Yes, yes. Generally rectangular, kind of bowling alley style. You know, it's not square or close to square. Right. Long and narrow. Yeah, long and narrow. Um, So the back, would you say half is wooded, more than half? I would say the back two-thirds back two-thirds okay yeah is wooded and so the 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 back narrow edge is where the creek comes in and comes out makes that horseshoe 
Yes. Okay. Makes a horseshoe. Which forms uh, an island in a sense of land that you can't get to unless you either cross onto somebody else's property or the creek is low enough to walk across. Yeah, I, I can't get to it unless the creek's low enough to walk across. Or I guess, I yes, I could go, like, on the road around a bridge and, like, through someone else's property to get there. If you got if you got yeah, permission yeah, from yeah, them to cross their yeah, property. Yeah. yeah, okay. But in practicality, at the moment, only way I can get there is to cross the creek. Um, and when it rains a lot, that thing comes up, like... Right, creek yeah. turns into a river. Yes, yes. When you're when it's low, is it like there's exposed rocks you're walking across and not getting wet, or are you putting waders on to get across it because it's no when it's when it's low, it's a trickle. Okay, like you can walk across, like you don't need to step from rock to rock. You're just walking across, okay. you know, a thin trickle of water. Okay, you know, but when it rains, it's grabbing all that runoff from all the fields around. And right. it becomes a rushing torrent of yeah. a I river. Mean, hip high wouldn't be abnormal for it to get hip high. Okay. Um, but so I'm all the way in the back. So that creek comes in and then goes out of our property. And then in the back is more woods. Okay. So I'm in the back and there's a, a bottom down there that is you know like i said about the size of two football fields bottom and then there's a bowl around that that's you know about a 15 foot hill maybe 20 foot hill so you're in the bottom of the bowl yeah i'm in the bottom okay um so i look up and not far away uh, i'm trying to think Maybe 60 yards is where this hill is. Okay. There's turkey coming down the hill. And I can't really see, get a great look at them other than they're turkey, you know, because the leaves have trees on them. There's all kinds of growth this time of year. So. Are they walking in a line? Are they kind of in a general, like, following each other? they're, They're following each other, but they're not in a line they're in a group you know like they're they're not in a line they're in a pack if you will okay like they're not walking single file they're well the reason i ask is like in general right when you see more than one animal coming through the woods like they're at least my experience has been they generally kind of follow one another it's they're not walking like marching through the woods like um the the british redcoats you know there's like a wall of turkeys marching through the woods generally right they're i don't know if there's a i guess I'm, there's probably some sort of evolutionary advantage to that like if the guy in the front gets whacked then we all can get away versus i don't know yeah well i, I would think it's probably a sound thing as well that if you're if you're walking kind of single file, you are making less noise because there's less things, you know, like the basically the leaf that's in front of you has already been crunched by the animal, you know, the one the animal. In front yeah, of you. that's true. But so they're coming down the hill. So I kind of get turned a little bit because. You know, I was, let's say if the turkey were coming at 12 o'clock, I was facing like 10 o'clock. Okay. You know, so I get turned so that I'm facing where they're coming from and they get to the bottom and disappear because of the grass being so tall. So I'm kind of set up and I'm you know trying to call with one hand and you know kind of hold the gun with the other and I'm you know getting things and then 
I see the first hat. Are they are they making any noise at this point? Or you just saw them and I just saw them. Okay. No, they're they're not making any noise. Okay. Um, I see the first head. It's red, but I can't see any body. You know, so I'm waiting to confirm that it's a legal bird. Right. You know, it's got a beard. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure, but not positive. Um, so it's coming in and, you know, I'm starting to see other heads, you know, pop up here and there. And so that first one gets close. Uh, I'm going to say probably 20 yards before I can confirm that it's a legal bird. And there's five, four or five heads at this time, you know, that I can see. You know, so there's a lot of eyes around me. And they kind of, at this point, have fanned out. They're not really all that close to each other. Okay. They're kind of fanned out in front of me. It's probably a good, uh, you know, going back to my earlier comment, it probably depends too on like the terrain that you're in. A lot of times probably there's there's one good way to go, right? I mean, right. it's too brushy to go that way or this way. Like we're all just going to funnel through here. But anyhow, go on. But that first turkey pops out and I see the beer. So, uh, it's kind of an awkward because basically I was, you know, aiming at 12 o'clock. Well, now the turkey kind of came in at 2 o'clock. So I have to kind of, you know. You got to swing even farther. Yeah, swing over and there's a tree. So I'm kind of shooting in an awkward position. And the hand I was using to call didn't have a glove on. Um, you know, everything else was covered in camo. Which is your trigger hand or your... No, which is... Your support hand. My support hand. Okay. And I have the gun resting on a log, but, yeah, so I'm nervous about bringing up that hand. Right. So I kind of get everything set and, you know, move that hand up and pull the trigger. Let it fly turkey drops so we're good you know uh well then the rest of the turkeys come running into the opening like now they're all just standing just out in the opening in the clearing Mm -hmm. and it's like this is the stupidest you know like i wish i had someone else here you know who could blast one of these because it's like i've never and they were all jakes and it turned out that there was five Jakes. Okay. I shot the first one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they kind of came in and were just kind of standing around for, and, I mean, it felt like an eternity. It was probably five seconds. Yeah. You know, but plenty enough time to. Have shot one. Yeah, shoot yeah. another one. So maybe next time when you're in that situation, you're like, I don't know if they're going to come in. You just blast off a shotgun round. Yeah. And they'll, <laughs> come they'll just run in. in. Yeah. yeah. But it was bizarre. Like, you know, because, and I I think, because I, I had to think, like, why would they do that? And the, my best thought was in that grass, they didn't feel super safe because they couldn't really see around them all that well right they kind of had to stick their head up and kind of periscope to yeah so they ran out in the open so that they could see where an attack was going to come from but in doing that they made themselves plenty visible i mean because they running out into the open means they they ran like in to me right yeah like the closest one probably got I don't know, uh, maybe 10 yards. I mean, right out in front of me. So. And so you had your second bird of the season. Yeah. So how, uh, I've got a sample size of one, but body size, like, um, 
meat output, how do they compare? I have this written down on my phone. Let me, how much meat I got out of each bird that I got this year. So I got a... Look at that. This guy comes prepared. I, I got know. a Tom, got a boss earlier Tom. this year. That, boss Tom. Big boy. Yeah, it was, it was a big one. With a broken leg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen to the episode. Jason, you got the number? No, I don't, uh, but I will should, link it in the yeah, show notes. Yeah, you should know that off the top of your head. It's, you called, it's called Jeff Shot a Turkey. So look yeah. that one up. So the Jake, I all the meat together, I got... Four pounds, two ounces of meat. Four on the Jake. On the Jake. And that is? Sorry, four pounds, 13 ounces. Okay. And that is two breasts, two thighs, and some scrap. Okay. Some other, you know, a little bit of like wing scrap. Just You just trim the meat off, like what little bit of meat you get off the wings? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and that's uh, deboned, completely deboned meat. Right. And then let's see here. On the Tom, I got seven pounds, two ounces. Wow. Okay. So. So I. First of all, what are you weighing these with? A digital scale. Like a kitchen like a scale? kitchen scale, yeah. Okay. After they've been deboned, trimmed, trimmed the fat off, and vacuum sealed. So the rest is guts and bones and feathers, huh? Yeah. And when I you mean, think- yeah, we didn't put that big tom to a scale, but that thing was heavy. When it was whole. That yeah, was, yeah, when it was whole. And when you think about it, because you know, I've done the same thing with a deer... That's better odds than what you're getting with a deer. You know, better percentages than with a deer. I guess probably. You know, because yeah. I've shot deer and gotten 20 pounds of ground meat. Well, when you blow b- both front shoulders out. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but, you know, and I mean, those were little deer. Yeah, that's but, true. You know, that, that deer was probably a hundred pounds and getting 20 pounds of meat. Yeah. So yeah, I, when it boils down to it, the, the meat you get off an animal is pretty precious because it's, there's really not much. So now I want to see a, a farm Turkey standing next to a wild Turkey. Like, cause I mean, you go to get a butterball, right? It's a twenty-pound turkey, right? I mean, eighteen-pound, right? Am I thinking of that right? When you buy a frozen turkey, I mean, you, yeah, you, but there's bones in there too. I mean, it's not right, bone, yeah, but yeah, right, yeah. Frozen turkey, twenty pound. I mean, yeah, yeah. You can, yeah. I mean, I think so. Are those really just like roided out, genetically modified? Like standing next to each other, would you notice like? Man, that farm turkey is jacked, or you know, it looks like a fat slob, or you know, like compared to a wild turkey. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I know that farm turkeys. I mean, the 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 standard farm turkey is a broad-breasted white, right? And that they're really freaks. I mean, we've bred them to be. I don't believe that they can reproduce naturally. Most farm animals are anymore these days, it seems. But yeah, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I don't think a broad-breasted white can reproduce naturally. They, they're, they're, the male's breasts are too big to allow it to do the deed. So it's all artificial insemination. Yeah, which I don't know how you artificially inseminate a turkey. I don't have any clue about that. But <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. But, uh, okay. So was that both your turkey stories? Yeah, yeah, those were, yeah. Okay. Seeing the uh, bearded hen, thinking about shooting it, and then... Then seeing the poults. Seeing it had babies was... That was an interesting life experience yeah. for me, for sure. Uh, it was a pivotal moment in your... Yeah, well, I I, <laughs> I got to think that that's probably the only... One of the only times that you can 
be hunting and literally shoot a mom off of her babies. Yeah. You know, like where, I mean, I don't know how, cause I, I guess those, those poles are probably fully functioning. They're just probably not very good at surviving yet. Yeah. Um, so they, they have the potential to survive. You know, they don't need their mother to survive other than, for protection and like knowledge learning the cues yeah yeah but i would agree with you though i mean just because of how few and how hard the world is on turkey poults i think if you were to shot that bearded hen all those poults would have not survived yeah i would have yeah well i'm not yeah i don't even know if they would have let you know i i potentially could have shot her and walked up and picked up a poult you know because i don't know if they would have left her yeah but it was a a very odd, you know, experience. Cause well, and when they're little too, I think she like she still has to keep them warm. You know, yeah, if you get a right. cold night or something, she kind of they all crawl up under her wings and stuff, and she keeps them warm, right? Because right. they can freeze right. to death. Even well, I guess you wouldn't freeze to death, but they can die from the cold, right. even without it getting below freezing. Is my understanding right? They just don't have the thermal capacity i guess at that small stage and i know like deer fawns they are capable right when when deer season rolls in but you can definitely watch a you know seasons open and you can watch a fawn still nurse right right i did that last year right but that fawn's fully functioning right know? yeah but i I mean, the only other time I could think that you could potentially shoot a mom off of her babies would be something that doesn't really have a closed season. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, coyotes, groundhogs, yeah. which are mostly like that because they're nuisance, you know, and they're not a game species. Yeah. I mean, some people eat groundhog. I guess some people eat coyote too. I want to try groundhog. I mean, because why wouldn't it be good? Yeah, you just I, eat grass and stuff, right? I mean, right. like I've heard from people that yeah, like groundhog is like really good meat. You know, it's super clean. You know, yeah. all they're eating is clover, basically. Right. Like I don't know why it's not something that more people do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because I, I, I mean, I could see right if it's a eating trash, you know, a coon, something been eaten in people's dumpsters and garbage and stuff, right? That could be funky, but... Right. Groundhog just eats grass and stuff, you know? I mean, it would... Yeah. see I, why it wouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I think I've probably talked to more people that have eaten coon than groundhog. And eating raccoon is dangerous. I mean, you can get trichinosis from eating a raccoon if the meat's not all the way cooked. Right. Um, who have you talked to that anybody I know that, that has eaten coon? Uh, well, a lot of people, you know, um, but like dad's eaten coon. Really? I mean, I I think a lot of the older people who, you know, when fur prices were high, uh, all of them tried it, you know, cause I, I know a lot of older people that have eaten raccoon. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Jack down at the cabin would always talk about eating groundhog. He, huh. He would eat groundhog. Well, if I get the opportunity, I'm eating with groundhog this year. I don't have him in my yard. I don't, you know, I, I don't see him, but given the opportunity, I'm going to capitalize because I got family to feed, man. <laughs> no turkey to feed him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. I gotta so, I gotta rely on groundhogs. Speaking of another animal, which this one I don't think people hunt much, but I kind of got an interest in, checked with the ODNR, um, and that's pigeon, like your rock dove. Yeah. Um I checked with the ODNR and yeah, there's no close season. They're an invasive species. Because they're a European species, they're not yeah, a native. Yeah, and they were originally brought here as meat. 
Oh. Like they were originally brought as a food source. So it kind of blows my mind that we brought these things as a food source and now they're seen as being like dirty, unclean. Well, are the and maybe this is just my perception, but I feel like I've heard that like the city pigeons are kind of dirty, right? Just because of where they live, they're in the city, there's all this yeah, they're, trash and they're waste and tra- yeah, y- yeah. yucky and water that they're drinking and like you eating might cigarette not, butts. Yeah, you might not want to eat a city pigeon, but if you Right, yeah. Like if you get them in your barn or something. Yeah, people would, who hunt them say, yeah, definitely don't eat city pigeons, but yeah, if you get pigeons in your barn or basically eating your grain, right? That that's good eat. Well, and didn't wasn't it you that mentioned another invasive the what is it European starling? Yeah, yeah. When I asked about the pigeons, they the ODNR basically came back and said, "Yeah, shoot all the pigeons you want." And, and while you're at it, yeah, here's here's the other list of things that are in the same category, you know, of I I don't know what they exactly call them, but basically invasive birds that you can shoot for sport because there's not a lot of you know there's game birds and then there's this other class that of birds that aren't really considered game birds, but you can shoot them for sport. So everybody knows what a, I would think. Everybody knows a pigeon, but a European starling. When you see those giant, giant flocks of black birds, that's probably a flock of European starlings. Is it European or English starlings? I, I think European. I, I think, think so. They're called right. European. Yeah. But yeah, so those giant flocks of black birds are typically. You're, you know, a big giant group of European starlings and they are a generally black bird with, I think in most cases, a yellow beak, right? That's sort of, yeah, yeah and they're so, yeah. kind of robinish in size, if you will. They're not as meaty as a pigeon, but yeah. they're not small like a chickadee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like in between. So yeah. you basically would be popping the little, like, chicken nugget-sized breast out of them. Yeah, yeah. I, they're they're probably about the size of a dove. Little, maybe a little smaller than a yeah, dove. Yeah, I would say, yeah. So maybe would, a little more streamlined than a dove. Yeah, yeah. But you would be popping the same, you know, or it would be similar to yeah. what you would get off of a dove. I mean, I guess you could pluck them and cook them whole if you wanted to, and you have, like, right. one one per person or something, but... If you were going to, because that's another thing I want to try, which might be a good summertime activity. If you were going to hunt these things, would you try to blast them with a shotgun or would you try and pick them off with a twenty two on the ground? Or I would use a shotgun. I think a twenty two. I mean, I think if you were going to hunt them with a twenty you'd have to be using like subsonic twenty two, or else you'd blow them apart. Well, I was thinking headshots. Oh, wow. Uh, well, you'd have to be a pretty good shot. That's but. what I was thinking because I've been watching them in my yard and I'm thinking because they, you know, they they just walk around, right? And they very rarely like stop and hold still to where you could shoot them in the head. They're, and if they are stopped, you know, they're like standing there pecking at the ground, you know, picking right. up bugs or something like because I was thinking, well, you know, there's not a lot of meat there. I don't want to fill it all full of shot or whatever but i guess you shoot doves with a shotgun right and right yeah so that's why i was originally thinking 22 but then i was like man that would be i think you'd go through a lot of 22 shells before you got one little bird yeah know. i mean it would be good practice yeah yeah good marksmanship training that's what i'm gonna do with ella here take this 22 and shoot all these yeah <laughs> shoot all these starlings which uh even even the uh now I don't think they say they don't recommend hunting them but I read an article you know cuz I was when I was reading about these things after you mentioned that the uh the Audubon Society would you know it's like the bird society bird watching 
I came across an article on their website and they said, you know, if there's one bird to hate, it's the European starling because it's invasive and it, I think it, uh, tears up nests and stuff of native birds and things, which I think I, cause I've got a couple bird feeder or not bird feeders, bird houses hanging in this tree behind my house. And I think I watched one, um, murder a native bird nest and eat the eggs. It was on the front of this. It was hanging on the front of this birdhouse, sticking its head in there, pulling stuff out, and the birds whose nest it was were flying. They were freaking out, flying all around, trying to get it away. And after it had had its way with whatever it was doing in there, it, it flew off. But uh, I think they got in. They, there was eggs in there, you know, and they got in there and ate the eggs. So could be a good. Uh, summertime pastime although i don't see them in the big huge flocks or at least i haven't i saw them like early spring late winter early spring maybe i don't know if they sort of yeah, migrate if their territory shifts a little bit but i was seeing them in the big flocks early early spring but now i you know i just have onesie twosies in the yard yeah i think i think they migrate i think because you get those big flocks in the spring and then in, and the, in fall, the fall yeah they're cutting fields yeah you get those big flocks so i i think it it is a migration thing yeah and some of those are like huge flocks of birds yeah and i can't you know i'm i'm by no means a bird expert but i've just you know what i've read is they've said you know generally those big huge flocks of black birds are european starlings which are an invasive non-native so, that means no close season. Shoot as many as you want. Eat them all. It's all good. I might give it a try. Yeah. It'd be fun, especially when they're flocked up. It'd be easy. Well, easier, I guess. If you could, yeah, if you could get them, get them to fly over you, flocked up like that, you got a lot more to hit. Yeah, the trick is like, how do you? Throw a shotgun out. <laughs> I guess other than. I don't know, maybe throwing some seed out or something like, you know, it's not like a duck or something where you're going to toot on a call and get them to come in or I don't think. I I, I was wondering if you could make decoys. Oh, you put, you know, a hundred black dots out in your yard. And yeah, yeah, basically out at the edge of a field. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you one of those big flocks goes over, sees, you know, a group of what they see as birds. They're thinking there's food there. They might, fly in swarm in yeah and if you get one of those things about you know one of those groups of birds about ready to land you could really sling some lead yeah i wonder if there's i would imagine now whether or not we're gonna find them on this ohio huntsman podcast but there's got to be somebody out there that's like a european starling specialist like they've found that these things are good to eat there's no close season on them. They they're everywhere, and somebody has taken it up as a hobby to figure out a way to harvest massive numbers of yeah. starlings. I know with the pigeons there is that there's people who I mean that's they've basically given up all other hunting, you know, and they you know because basically every farmer wants rid of their pigeons, right? And they're more than willing to go and shoot them. You know, they got a a list, you know, a mile long of people who say, please come out and shoot my pigeons. When are you coming out? You know, they're begging you to come out and hunt. Right. And you just. Yeah. Permission is easy. Yeah. Because everybody wants rid of them. So I, I know there's people that do that. It's probably like city folk with Canadian geese. I mean, that's yeah. a, right, people hunt, go out and set up decoys, and right, and they hunt Canadian geese, but that's definitely, I mean, like whitetails are getting, like Canadian geese in a lot of realms are seen as a very much a nuisance in this, you know, in the parks, the city pond or whatever, you know, like they make a mess, goose crap everywhere, chasing people around. 
but yeah. Yeah. That resident goose population, you know, because those are basically the ones that are really making a mess everywhere are typically your, your resident goose. They're, they live here year round. Oh. They. So at, at one point in history, not too long ago, I can't quote exact years, but. 50s, 60s, 70s, Canadian goose was rare. All, a lot of waterfowls right. were rare in the United States. But for some reason, we honed in on the Canadian goose. That's the one that we were interested in. So they went and captured flocks of these, brought them down, and released them. Um, you know, released groups of captured them out of canada or when you say brought them down yeah yeah i think they captured them out of canada i'm not exactly sure. positive where they captured them i'm i'm thinking but brought them and released them well they thought that these goose would probably keep their same migratory patterns and they you know were encouraging they were also encouraging people to kind of create you know uh like goose boxes and stuff to help the goose population uh i can't remember what was it called hobby honkers i don't know i i read a publication by like the u.s forest service or something okay you know and they were this is something that they published about like you know creating goose boxes is like a hobby to help yeah 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 but what happened was these geese didn't leave ever they didn't they didn't keep their normal migration pattern they just stayed none of them did or some of them just kind of set up i would imagine some of them probably did right because they yeah i'm I'm sure they use some kind of like magnetic north or uh, is that true that that's how they kind of base their migration how they find their way back and forth they somehow can sense the like honestly i don't know i feel uh, like i've heard that before. yeah that would that would make sense um but at least some of them didn't just set up shop They're like it's pretty nice here i'm just gonna stick around yeah they just stuck around um and kept reproducing so now you have these groups of resident geese that so question for you uh, related to geese and i've not looked into this but you know you get into interesting conversations with people who don't hunt and didn't grow up with family that hunt so one time i had a guy ask me you know i he knew i was a hunter and he he was asking about canadian geese because he lives somewhere where they're an issue right so he said you know, I can't shoot these things, right? I said, well, not without a, you know, a hunting license and, and stamp and all, you know, you got, there's things that you need to legally shoot a goose. And he said, I bet I could probably walk up and just grab one and wring its neck. Would, I wasn't, I didn't shoot it, but would I get in trouble for killing one without the proper paperwork? I said, um, I would think yes. Yeah, I would 100% think yes. And I also think you may get in other trouble for, you know, like potentially like animal cruelty or something. Okay. I Because I, I, I don't think that, you know, I don't think wringing their neck is an approved method of harvest. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. In the moment, and I was like, I don't know how to answer that yeah. question. I don't. And I mean, you could definitely get, you know, damage permits to, you know, control the populations. You know, I think they try to get you to kill their nests is oh, okay. what they, you know, I think you shoo them away. Um, and I think there's pretty darn strict rules on like sort of like the abortion topic like you on how mature the egg is onto whether you can kill it or not like whether you're allowed you know? to kill it how would you know so it's been a long time since i've 
you know, you got in school. Candle these eggs or something? But no, I believe how the process works is you shoo the bird away, which can be difficult. Right. Um, but then you take the egg and put it in a bucket of water. And if it sinks, I think if it sinks, you can kill it. If it floats, you can't. If it oh, floats, okay. you have to put it back. And what you want to do, you you put all the eggs back anyways. But I think you dip the egg in mineral oil. If If you are allowed to kill it, you dip it in mineral oil, which prevents the shell from breathing, which effectively kills the bird inside. Oh. Kills the egg. Yeah, yeah, the embryo or whatever. Yeah. And then you put them back and the geese will still sit on them like a regular nest. If so you, that if you if you smash them, they'll lay more? Yes. Okay. Yes. And Interesting. <laughs> then what you're doing is controlling the birth process. You know, you're kind of birth control for geese. You're not killing... Interesting. The current ones, you're just preventing mass numbers from being reproduced. Do you know you can do something similar with chicken eggs to see if to tell if they're still good? If you put a chicken egg, you know, just that you would buy to eat at the store, if you put a chicken egg in water and it sinks, it's good. If it stands on end, like in the bottom of the glass, it's getting ready to go bad. And if it floats, you probably shouldn't eat it. That's a not, not a great egg anymore. I think if it stands on end, you know, you probably want to use them within the week or something type of thing. But they're still good. So if you had eggs in your fridge, you're like, ah, boy, I don't know if these are any good anymore. Give them the old glass of water test. Man, this has been educational. <laughs> we just learned you all up something. I'll probably get a bunch of letters saying that that's BS. and <laughs> Probably. Yeah, well, and I'm, I'm sure the people who actually, you know, have paid more attention to goose populations, you know, know a lot more about this stuff than I do. Yeah. I'm just, you know, regurgitating basically stuff that I've heard, kind of. You know, I'm not an expert by any means. Yeah. Huh. All right, well, I think we've been at this for over an hour, so you guys got anything else? Jake, you got anything else you want to bring up? Oh, before we go, you have to tell the story about your daughter's birthday present for you. Oh. So my daughter, Lily, and I have birthdays that are very close together at the end of June. Uh, So we've been discussing birthdays. She's going to be turning four. She's going to be turning four. And we've been discussing, you know, her birthday's coming, my birthday's coming. So we've been talking about what we want for our birthday. And she asked me, Daddy, what do you want for your birthday? And it kind of caught me off guard. I, Why would my four-year-old be asking me? She's not going to give me anything for my birthday. She doesn't so, have a job or anything. Right. She's just right. kind of... Right. She's just a bum. bum. Right. Yeah. Just sits at home, plays with toys, and eats right. my food. So Sometimes mine doesn't even put pants on. <laughs> So I was trying to figure out, like, is this mom prying or, did she, you know, I don't know how to answer this question. So I responded with, well, I'm going to have to think about that. And uh, maybe 10 seconds later, 15 seconds, I don't know, not too much longer. She's like, Daddy, I got an idea. And I was like, oh, okay, what's up? She's like, why don't you ask for deer safety for your birthday? And I was kind of taken aback i was like deer safety i asked her i said what do i need deer safety for what does that mean and she said yeah why don't you ask for deer safety so that a deer doesn't bite you again and i was like what do you mean bite me and she's like yeah you need safety goggles and deer safety so a deer doesn't bite you in the face again (laughs) (laughs) so if anybody anyone who follows the podcast um, during deer season, I had an unfortunate event of scope bite, and I still have a Harry Potter scar between my eyes from my scope. Um, took it to the face, so my daughter, who at the time was three, um, three and a half, I guess, was she interpreted it when we told her what happened that I was hunting deer and I got hurt and my face got cut, um, that the deer bit me because it was. 
well, I don't think we ever shared pictures, but it was bad. I mean, your eyes yeah. got black and blue. It, yeah, you know, it, it bled. It was not just a little scrape. No, like, it wasn't. It was, yeah, it was kind of rocked your world. Yeah. Probably, so yeah, she, if I wasn't at the cabin, might have been able to take a stitch or two. Yeah. 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 Definitely so if, put a gash between my eyes. Yeah. If she's anything like my daughter, they want to know, like, what happened? Why do you, you know, if, even right. if I just put a band aid on, like, oh my goodness, what happened? It's like, that's it. So, uh, you know, right. just a little scrape. It's all good. Right. This was not just a little scrape. So no. she definitely would have noticed and yes. wondered what happened. Yes. So. And so a deer bit you in the face. A deer bit me in the face, and I'm getting deer safety for my birthday. So this is this is your public service warning. Deer will bite you in the face. <laughs> According to a three-year-old. So I just, I laughed when you told that story. So I, I just had to, I wanted you to share that because that's, that's just a funny story. So, all right. Well, if that's all good, it's, I'm hoping it's not going to rain. It was looking a little gray, but I need to mow my grass this afternoon. Feels like I'm always mowing my grass, but such is life. But uh, we're going to sign off. Hopefully everybody's enjoying the show. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode with Mark Wiley. I know we learned a lot on that one about turkeys. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode, sort of our random, uh, not random, we heard Jeff's story about turkeys and then we kind of wandered from there, which is always kind of fun. If you guys are enjoying the show, the biggest thing is share it. Share it with your buddies, get the word out, take a take a screenshot of you listening to the episode and tag us in it and we'll share it to our stories and just uh, help get the word out, help the show grow. We're just trying to get information and, and entertainment out to Ohio's hunters. So if you want to support the show in other ways, make sure, make sure first you're subscribed to the show that we are getting notified of new episodes automatically and, uh, go ahead and download each episode. And then if you want a t-shirt, we've got Ohio Huntsman eat local t-shirt. So there'll be links to that in the show notes. So with that, uh, hope everybody's enjoying their spring enjoying the the warm weather we've been getting recently and hopefully you had some luck in the turkey woods and with that uh thanks for listening mm-hmm.